0: The crowd roars with applause as the gladiators emerge from the tunnel. The Colosseum is packed with eager spectators waiting to see the bodies hit the floor. The primal urge to participate in combat as a spectator sport engulfs the entire venue. This was a common sight to see in ancient days and places like the Colosseum, but eventually the Roman stadium empties and falls in neglect and ruin. Why you might ask? Maybe the ancient Italian ticket distributor had an epic implosion on par with the Ticketmaster Taylor Swift ordeal. Could it have been that the concession stands started charging $18 for paninis and Caesar salads? It's possible. Is it because humanity in general got fed up with watching people beat the crap out of each other? I doubt it. Recent polling data showed that over 2 million unique viewers watched a UFC fight last year. The Pacquiao-Mayweather fight from 2015 pulled in over 4.6 million pay-per-views. That's just buys, not viewers, okay? I was in the Philippines during that fight, and there was 3,850 Filipinos around every TV with the fight on, believe me. So the innate desire to watch people duke it out has never been stronger. What is it that draws us in? Why do we love watching fights so much? I'm not sure, and I'm not sure we'll get around to answering that question on the show today, but all I know is that combat sports are interesting and entertaining to watch. Our guest today has done his fair share of participating and spectating in such sports. Is he a sports psychologist? No. Is he a life coach? No, because that's not a real job. But he does know a thing or two about uh, wrestling, MMA, and other sports. And outside the arena, Danny is also an excellent conversationalist, musician, and small business owner. He also happens to be a very good friend of mine, and I'm pleased to have him in the studio now. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. How's that for an intro? That was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, like I was saying, Danny, you've been a friend of mine for uh, a long time. A long time. I think Obama was still president. Not that long. Well, I guess not relatively Probably. long, but...
1: We're friends for like a year.
0: Well, <laughs> ouch. I've, I've known you for a long time. But, <laughs> uh, but no, we uh, we have a you know fun history together. We were roommates back in college. You know, we we hang out with a lot of the same people to the present day. Tell us a little bit more about your background, where you grew up, um, how you got into wrestling and uh, watching MMA and being a fan.
1: Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Southern California. Um, Huge uh, Mexican population culture over there. And if you know anything about boxing, that's also huge in Mexican culture. Um, I remember... I was seven or eight years old. My older brother started boxing. I never watched him. My mom never wanted to watch him. It was only my dad that would go out and uh, watch him train, watch him
0: compete and stuff like that. Um, only your dad from your family, not like only your dad at the arena? Like it, was there were probably, other people. it was probably <laughs> only
1: my dad at the arena, too. I mean, I don't know if my he brother heard was any good. I don't know. Um, but it's a funny story. My brother was snowboarding. This is related, I promise. Okay. My brother's snowboarding, and he tripped over a dumb kid, broke both of his wrists, and so he couldn't box anymore. For the duration of the healing, whatever. Oh my gosh. Um, but my dad was still paying for the my dad was still paying for the membership or whatever. Sure. He's like, okay, Danny, you're gonna go instead. No. <laughs> and so I I uh started going to this uh boxing gym and I hated it, didn't like it. I I mean, it, it was for kids, and I made some friends there. Um, you just hit the bag a bunch of times, but like the second that they started,
0: like sparring partner stuff. Yeah,
1: the second they wanted me to like get punched in the face, I was like, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm not doing it. That was my that was my first introduction to boxing.
0: Okay. I don't
1: recall if my brother ever went back to that gym. Um, I know that gym eventually closed down. I don't know. I don't even know where it is right now, but. Anyway, Um, fast forward a couple years, um, I kind of wanted to get back into it. My brother had gone on the wrestling team. He'd been on the wrestling team for like a year or two. And so I was interested in, you know what, I liked, I enjoyed boxing, I guess, a little bit. I enjoyed wrestling a little bit. And so there was a gym that opened up right by the apartments where where I grew up in. And so I started going to uh, wrestling and MMA. In this little gym in the corner, okay. somewhere. Um, eventually, I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't like the sparring." Again, that—that <laughs> that was me again. I was like, "I don't like—I don't like getting punched. I don't like getting kicked in the stomach." You know, I was twelve. No, mm-hmm. it was before that. I was like,
0: "Well, nine, and, Okay, and you've nine. only got the one brother. So I grew up in a family with nine kids. So sparring, kicking in the stomach—it <laughs> was an unavoidable part of my childhood. Uh, especially okay. because I was homeschooled, so the school bullies were my brothers, and then me when I was older. It's like but...
1: maybe maybe your sister here and there.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> we don't talk about that, but yes. <laughs> um, so I actually didn't know that about you boxing at an earlier age. So and you had mentioned kind of getting into wrestling, and that was more of like a middle school thing. Yeah, or... that was
1: that was closer to. So I had had a. I had stomach issues when I was younger, mm-hmm. which kind of prevented my parents from wanting me to really get into, like, a contact sport. Uh, my mom wanted me to be a dancer, okay. which I'm very glad that that didn't <laughs> happen, you know? I mean, it might be nice, like, know how to dance here and there, but... Sure, but... Come on, I don't want to be... A,
0: you, you I want to be that guy. Well, you're not going to get mugged guy. in an alleyway and dance your way out of it, right? <laughs> <That's> like, uh, <laughs> do some, like, K-pop moves right. or, like, TikTok oh, it, dance. it, like, distracts them and you're gone. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: But, you know, I'm I'm glad I didn't go that route in my life. But, um, yeah, so I had some stomach issues. So I I had interest in kind of returning back to that world, I guess. mm -hmm. Um, But my doctor wasn't letting me do any, not even like basketball or things like that. Because, I mean, basketball is pretty contact. You know, people get up on you and stuff. Um, But it wasn't around, I think I was around 10 or 11 where I ended up having a surgery that kind of corrected all those those issues and so i was able to start taking that stuff a little bit more seriously hmm. um with no issues with no issues so i'm mean, still to this day i haven't had any other stomach issues
0: so sweet so was that like a you would like easily throw up or just have indigestion or what was so the... I, I won't get into the
1: technical terms because it's boring but oh i thought i was like say, gonna have to get edited let's just out say, you know what a sphincter is right
0: um, is that like a German scientist that, that, so, comes, that invented the V2 rocket? Or, you, you, in your body, <laughs> you
1: have a couple of sphincters, but I'm going to only talk about one. It's not the one you're thinking of. Hey, you don't know me. I, <laughs> I,
0: I can have no sphincters in my body. <laughs> so Okay, what is it again?
1: Your esophagus has a sphincter okay. that closes your stomach so the acid doesn't come back up when you eat. It's okay. normal. Everyone's got sure. it. Sure. My stomach was halfway up the sphincter. Oh. (laughs) So, so what that means (laughs) was,
0: (laughs) I don't know why that's funny, but I'm sorry I'm laughing because it doesn't sound like a fun thing. Serious. Okay, yeah. So. So the 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 sphincter the the stomach was in your sphincter. So
1: your diaphragm, right? Yeah. Is right here. My stomach was like halfway up. Okay. It was pretty much like I felt like I was gonna throw up all the time. So
0: getting punched and shoved on the ground wouldn't have been conducive to. Having a good childhood. Okay. Not
1: at all. Yeah. No, not at all. And, yeah, my bro- my brother was also uh, quite the bully, so I got I got hit in the stomach a few times and, like...
0: Felt like I worried. felt like I was going to die. Oh. It, it,
1: is, it was pretty bad, but, you so know.
0: I, okay, this kind of reminds me of a, a book I read when I was a kid called The Candy Shop Wars. Did you ever hear about that book? Uh, no. Yeah? Um, so The Candy Shop Wars... I don't remember much about the book, but in the candy shop wars, there's this assassin who has some sort of handicap magically placed on him where everything he does to someone else, he feels it. And I'm like, that is the last profession I would go into if I could feel everything I did to someone else is be an assassin. So for for whatever reason, it kind of reminded me of you because I didn't know that you had that condition when you were younger, but you're like. I hate getting punched in the stomach, so I'm just gonna spend the rest of my life wrestling people. And <laughs> it's like, don't do it, dude. That's candy shop work. <laughs> but... no, I got
1: hit, I got hit a few good times, uh, even recently. Man, I'll tell you, like getting hit. I don't know if it's like this for everybody. Maybe it's just because my stomach is sensitive. But getting hit in the head, it's way better than getting hit in the stomach. Mm. I'd rather get hit in the face twenty times before I get like hit in the stomach.
0: I actually kind of wonder. What percentage of people have actually had the experience of getting hit in the head, like punched in the head, by someone who's like going hard? Have you? I've never been punched in the head. Someone tried to punch me, and I missed. Or I'm I'm very agile, so I dodged it.
1: I have been like the Filipino, you know, exactly movements.
0: Mm. Um, I have been like tackled by someone who was trying to hurt me, Uh and I've been like hit in the body. Uh, And it was like fights breaking out at the end of a play in basketball or something, but we're actually like swinging at each other or whatever. But I've never been punched in the head. Okay. So what do you you think?
1: I mean, you're someone I know, so I'm trying to like gauge like, I don't know the percentage, but at least I can like gauge the people that I know personally. And I can think of like two people.
0: Well, how many people do you know? Maybe like (laughs) 10? 10, around (laughs) 10. Wow. No, I don't
1: think very many. I would say it's less than 10%, maybe less than 5% of people that have been hit, yeah. like, full force. Not just, like, a little, like, accidental elbow. Like, everyone's getting hit but then, accidentally. But, like, someone trying to hurt you, I don't think that's right. So comment. your
0: guess is 5 to 10%? Maybe less. Okay. I would probably say something like maybe less. I'd, I'd maybe go, like, 3%. And I don't know how you could even do a study on that. I guess just ask A 100 survey, people yeah. You ever been punched in the head? No Would you like to try it? You know, like, um, I, I don't know why I, I thought of that but if you were thinking about an average because of people that do boxing and stuff there's, uh-huh. it's like guns in America, there's one for everybody but like 2% right. of the people have them all or all, the, all the punches <laughs> to the head yeah. you know? <laughs> one punch per person um, but we got off on a little bit of a tangent there. So you started getting back into wrestling when your stomach felt better.
1: Yeah, I think it was that year. So I recovered. The, the, recover, the recovery is bad. Obviously, it's a stomach surgery. So, like, you can't eat anything solid for I don't know how long. It, it was It was tough. I lost a lot of weight, which is not good for, like, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. No. Lost a ton of weight. Um, and then I think even that year is when I when I – started i signed up for the gym i'm telling you i was telling you about just around the corner from the apartment um and yeah i didn't like the sparring again started wrestling and then um that's when i kind of started taking a little bit more seriously going to um actual competitions and tournaments Mm. and things like that and kind of making that my personality
0: i guess (laughs) sure where would combat sports come up in your list of describing yourself now um. Well, I will
1: say I don't describe myself very often anymore. I'm. Because you're not in high school. <laughs> exactly, I'm past the point of making new friends. All the friends I have are just the ones just that I'm into gonna the be
0: losing in. old ones stage. Yeah, that that's, that's pretty
1: much where I'm at. But um, no, I I don't call myself a wrestler even in the gym, in the jujitsu gym that I go to. Mm-hmm. I don't call myself a wrestler because like I there's like a connotation like oh they're just gonna try to like. Smash me on top or whatever. Oh, sure. Um, I try not to be that. I also didn't wrestle in college, which kind of gives me like a... It kind of gives me like a... What's it called? Like an imposter syndrome. Where it's oh. like, there are these other guys that wrestled in college and I didn't.
0: So if you were going to call yourself that, it'd be like, I'm yeah, not like, as real of a wrestler as they But are. then at
1: the same time, when we're on the feet grappling, these college wrestlers... like. I hate to say it, but they're not on my level.
0: Yeah, you can turn like, their sh- sphincter inside out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I reverse their sphincter <laughs> yeah. to the other one. How does it feel? <laughs> Tell me but how like, it feels.
1: But like, See, that's why I'm uncomfortable a little bit. It's like, well, I, I just have to kind of let the, in that world, I guess, let my actions do the talking, I guess, sure. rather than labeling myself as some wrestler. Right. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And now it's time for a mid-episode rant.
0: Well, it's another week, and you know what that means. Time to start telling yourself or you'll start doing things because it's a fresh slate or a new beginning. Oh, I messed up on my diet. Well, I'll pick that back up on Monday. Oh, shoot, I totally missed a day at the gym. I can pick that back up on Monday. Oh, man, I told myself I'd stop shoving kids off their bikes. I'll pick that back up on Monday, too. Well, I've got news for you. There's nothing magical about Monday, and Monday isn't going to save us. Even if Monday wanted to, we wouldn't deserve a mythical day where our stamina and free will come to life on their own and carry our Cheeto-dusted bodies to some loftier level of achievement. And by the way, isn't Monday the most hated day of the week anyway? So why would we expect to make changes on the bubblegum-flavored milkshake day of the week? If we're waiting for the next Monday to change, then guess what? Monday will never come. Tuesday and the rest of the gang are going to eat your ambitions for breakfast and you're going to slide back into the same mediocrity as before. And Wednesday is just going to dance on by without noticing. Dance, dance, dance with hand, dance, dance. Without going all Loki on you. Loki. You told me to shut up. Time is just made up anyway. In fact, our delusion about the reality of time is apparent in the mortality rate of New Year's resolutions. By the time it's March, resolutions are dropping like flies. Why, you might ask? Because knowing you need to change something important, but putting it off for some arbitrary date on an arbitrary calendar is just silly. According to Forbes, for 2023, their survey found that the most popular New Year's goals included improved mental health, improved fitness, They wanted to lose weight, start a new diet, and have better finances. Okay, so mental health, fitness, and finances. Can you think of a time of year rife with stress, seasonal depression, copious amounts of sweets and desserts, and cratering credit scores? Christmas, is Christmas, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. So why would you put yourself in such a crappy position by arbitrarily waiting to start your new goals until after the holidays. You're setting yourself up for failure. You wouldn't try to make better time climbing Everest by starting in Death Valley. You wouldn't try to meditate inside of a Chuck E. Cheese. And you shouldn't try to make the biggest changes in your life in the wake of a Yuletide corn syrup
1: What does that even mean?
0: So I have an alternative solution. How empowering would it be to stop a bad habit or set a new goal and stick to it starting on a Thursday afternoon in March instead of some Monday or New Year. I'll answer my own question. It would be really freaking empowering, okay? So, film your podcast, go for a jog, stop shoving kids off their bikes, and do it now. Do the thing. Okay, and that's all I have to say about that. So, I mean, what are some of your thoughts about goal setting and and where that plays um, in for you?
1: Well, I actually do have a lot of opinions on this, and I don't want to sound like one of those like gurus because I'm not. I'm I'm figuring things out myself, but just... From the few years that I, of experience that I do have in trying to actually reach goals. Rather than being a kid and just kind of like wandering through life. Uh, there are a lot of like. I think there are like two different types of failures. There's like a failure as like a success and a failure. And there's like a failure as a person, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of failures as a person. That never get over their failures. They become their failure. And then they tell you that you are a failure as well and that you're going to fail. This is where, this is where I'm trying to get at. Um, I recently, last year, I decided to become independent and start my own business. Right. Um, and to n- not work for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I remember I kept hearing from, like, business people, business people that, like, hey, be careful because, like, a lot of, like... Uh, like what it, I don't know what the statistic is but it's like oh like 90% of businesses fail or something right. they're, they're not the first profitable year or whatever something or, like yeah. that and I'm, I was thinking like throughout my my journey that's led me to be a business owner um which being a business owner is just the start it, it, it's it's not the, the, the end goal right.
0: but it's not like you've arrived but it's yeah. a good it's a good platform for to begin begin achieving goals expanding yourself yeah
1: right um <clears throat> Like, I've met a lot of people that did start their own business. But, like, that statistic is, like, so skewed by, like, incompetent people. Right. Like, you can say 90% of businesses, well, that you're just looking at the business. You're not looking at the person behind the business. Right. And it's, like, there are incompetent people that are starting businesses. And, like, if you have had many successes, and even minor successes, let's say, like, you're, you're, you're a football player and you um, made the all-star team. That's a success that you achieved when you're when you were a kid. So you can look back and be like, you know what, I have achieved a lot of successes in my mm-hmm. life. So I probably could, in this new endeavor, also be successful because I've tasted success and I kinda know what it a little bit's like. It
0: translates. Exactly. Yeah, it does. There are
1: other people that have not tasted those same successes and they will try to like start a business, for example. Right. They don't know what success is and they will go into debt and they'll run their business into the ground and they'll tell you that that's what's going to happen to you because right. that's what happened to them but like that statistic i just don't take that seriously at all
0: well and it this probably is totally not true but it, it feels right 10 <laughs> percent of the fighters take 90 percent of the shots to the head or whatever. <laughs> whatever <the laughs> yeah so is. so you, you really can't go off of um totals just or even averages it's mm-hmm. it's an individual thing because I remember I used to work in city government and we would take business license applications. Mm-hmm. And I had a a coworker who was well-meaning, but he was kind of like, you know, stamping and approving. Like, well, that one's going to fail and this one's going to fail. Like, I wish him luck, but I mean, we have too many car washes in this 30,000 person town uh-huh. for another one to be successful. Um, but I think even in a saturated market for whatever you're going mm-hmm. into, uh, it comes down to daily habits and personal drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and working in sales before, it's like, um, you can find and get clients that had no plans of signing up with you if you have enough drive. So you yeah. can kind of defy a market analysis um, or even advice from somebody who's like, well, I started a business and failed. Um, and even in like, you know, the
1: sales realm, that, that house was probably knocked before. Like, oh, no, absolutely. Somebody it was. else knocked that door and, and didn't, didn't get yeah. the sale. So they're going to tell you, oh, that person's not interested. That person's not going to buy from you. Exactly. Like, well, that's not the case. It's
0: just. And, and you. You, you have not bought everything you've ever purchased until you do. Anybody can kind of create opportunity by inviting people. And that's part of what sales is. Mm-hmm. But in life, it's the same thing, kind of what you were talking about with uh, people who've never tasted success before. Um, sometimes it's just an invitation to someone to change a habit or to join in on something and they can get that first taste of it and then it can translate and spill over into other areas of their life if that makes sense. Right.
1: But. I think uh, it's very hard today for people to like I guess believe in themselves as corny as that sounds. Um, it does sound corny but I understand. Because it, there, yeah. there's <laughs> this like mentality there's like there's like this mentality that, that people so, for some reason have to tear each other down um so that you don't get anything better than me you know like so you don't get uh more money than me or you don't get more success than me Mm -hmm. or you don't get the nicer car than me and like unfortunately that's in my situation a lot of the people my age and and years past like they do have that mentality and it's not like that's not like a healthy place to cultivate like uh ambitious mindset Right, it, it's it's very toxic and, for your mind,
0: and it's also kind of a cliche to be like, "Oh, if this relationship isn't working out, of that just cut it out of your life and distance yourself." But there is some truth to, you are who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you are what you eat. Like what you eat will affect how you feel, and what you, you know, if you looked at a pie chart of how you spend your time in a day, that will affect the kind of person you become, mm-hmm. and the closest people to you will influence whether you even try to set a good goal next time or st- start your new business. And so, um, unfortunately, there's friends and f- even family members where it's like, I can't entirely distance myself from them, Right. but I need to put them one more ring out so that they, they don't become dead weight. And I, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but yeah. it, it comes like, down to that. I, I'm so. super,
1: I, I, I don't like the idea of like, oh, cutting people out because like, you know, they're not valuable right. It to doesn't me. serve like, me. So yeah, it's all about
0: me and you're gone. It's not really like, that.
1: That's super selfish of someone. It's like, yeah. if. Like, let's say I'm going to get into the soda business, right? You're not a soda guy, so you're not going to be my friend anymore. It's like, well, that's stupid. Like, You can grow in your own realm. It can be completely different from what your friend is doing, but you can still support each other in that way. But, like, yeah, no, I don't agree. It's it's a very difficult, at least for me, it's a very difficult decision to, like, decide to kind of distance yourself. or Like like you said, Mm -hmm. like, put them out another ring from a friend. It's very very difficult decision because there are ways to like include that person in your life. Yeah. But if it's like if they don't meet like the I guess the bare minimum of requirement, for example, like let's say I had a let's say I had a, a kid and my my son was like super weird out super uncomfortable around this person and this person's actually super rude to my kid. It's like okay, I'm I'm not going to budge on that, right. you know. It's like that. Th- those are like the easy decisions, but then there are other ones. Like, okay, well, this person is like consistently like lazy, and is consistently like wanting me to also be lazy, mm-hmm. and this has been going on for years. It's like, okay, this is a uh, th- th- this is an issue that I I don't know if I can carry you for very much longer because I don't. I think friendships are really important, right? But at the same time, like you have to not not only. It's not about what the other person, like, how valuable that person is. It's about how valuable you are to them. It's like, yeah, I I want to be valuable to you, Anthony. I want to be valuable in, in other ways. Like, I want you to be able to count on me. But it's not vice versa. It's like, I don't want you to expect, like...
0: I think I understand what you're trying to say. Um, because you have to have a certain level of emotional self-reliance in Mm -hmm. order to help someone else it's kind of the idea of when you're on an airplane when they say make sure to secure your own face mask in the case of an emergency before you help someone else and so it's not really a selfish thing to say um i actually am thinking about me uh, and Mm i well i won't be able to have a good influence on someone else or be able to help them or help them wake up to success in their own life if i don't feel that way myself and so it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. But in order to reach out and help someone, you have to be able to, and it's a really loaded term, but self-care, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah. real kind. The real
1: self-care, not like, oh, no, i take a shower for the first time in two weeks. Like, yeah, that's necessary. Right. But self-care is like, why do, why were you not taking a shower for the past two weeks? Exactly. It's like, find out that root issue and, and yeah, kill a, it.
0: A plague of the 21st century is, Things that make us feel good feel like self care. Mm. Like you know what? I'm gonna kick off my shoes, binge watch a whole season of something on Netflix, and and uh, what's the worst flavor of ice cream I can think of? Neapolitan. Neapolitan ice. You don't like, you don't like, you don't like no. Neapolitan? No, no, no. Too diverse. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, we're gonna cut that out. Oh, or don't not. Cut that out. Don't cut that out. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'm gonna Cancel include me saying let's cut that Cancel, out. <laughs> Cancel him. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like not everything that. It's not just what feels good is self-care. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what actually is included is something that feels good and is good for you. That's what real self-care is. Well, so,
1: and even, I feel like even in certain situations, things that are painful can be self-care. Like, going back to what we were saying, like, cutting out, like, a, like a toxic aspect of your life. Yeah. It's like, that's going to be painful. Let's say, let's say you suffer from, like, alcoholism. It's like, cutting out alcohol in your life is going to be physically painful. for Right. You, but overall... That's, that's like the definition of self-care.
0: It's, it's like, good for I'm going to do this
1: run. for, the, for the, my long-term health, you know?
0: It's a sacrifice. And another cliche, I'm just feeling very fortune cookie-like today. <laughs> very cliché today. Yeah, is uh, a, a real sacrifice is giving up something good for something better. Uh-huh. And so, um, so self-care should be sacrificial in that you're giving up things that you'd rather just do right now for something that's going to help you. And thus, you can go help someone else. So, like, a real sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to get too meta or deep. I did want to talk a little bit about an experience that I had when we were roommates. Okay. When we went to a public swimming pool and I tried my first backflip ever.
1: <laughs> Is that, that was your first ever? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought you could tell. <laughs> that, so that, I'll explain,
1: <laughs> that explains a lot.
0: So we went to this pool during the summer and because uh, it wasn't the winter. And we went and we're swimming. And uh, I was just hanging out with Danny and some of my cousins. And I figured, you know what? I ought to try doing a couple flips off the dime board. I've never done this it. This is his side of the story. This is my. Yeah, this we're going to get Danny's side of the story in a second. Not my side,
1: just what happened. The truth. There's my (laughs) side and then
0: there's the truth. So I get out and I do a couple front flips off the diving board, which I think I'd only only tried flipping on a diving board being um, the size that I am a couple times in my life. So I've been advised by my dad, who actually also got in a bad skiing accident, never do winter sports, downhill anything, and don't do flips off of things because us Jarvis folk are too big to... To, land? to To make it, yeah. Like we'd be the parkour <laughs> fail compilation on YouTube would be like me like getting oh like starting <laughs> and falling off. So um I went against my dad's advice, which was great, and was doing flips off this always, diving. It's always a
1: great thing to do, right? Yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> and uh I was feeling pretty good about myself. Now in my in my feverish mind, people were starting to watch me do this. Oh, this big guy's kind of impressive. I was doing flips, right? Well, <laughs> So I get up there and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do my first backflip ever. I don't know the the dynamics of it. I was thinking about backing down the diving board and going that way. I'm like, is that how people do? Is that how the cool kids never do seen it?
1: Anyone do it before?
0: So I go down to the end. I'm like, I'll just do a couple jumps, right, and then just go out and backflip. Now again, the way I'm remembering it, people were starting to chant my name, Anthony, Anthony, and I'm like, I'm getting ready to go, and they're all watching all right. me. There's a couple hundred. Um, okay. Yeah, like all the, the Miss USA contestants were there. It just felt like there were a bunch of hot girls watching me and people that were impressed, and and uh, that that's just that's how it imp- came
1: impressive. off. That's impressive. I mean, no, nobody even watches the Olympic divers, so. Well, it's very uh, self-flattering of you to think that I, people I, are watching you.
0: I just, I just felt like I was kind of the man, so that's just how I was feeling. And I know that, that that's probably true, but it could not be. And so I, I try to do my first backflip ever, so I go bang, bang, and then I slipped, and one of my feet went in front of me and one went behind and if you can imagine it's the diving board kind of came up like a potato peeler and just took all the skin off of one of my shins uh-huh. and I like flopped off the side and <laughs> fell in to the pool and started sinking to the bottom. and I remember thinking to myself, maybe I should just stay down here, you know. <laughs> And die because I don't want to go back up there. there. We've all been there (laughs) with all those people watching me. So I come back up and I get out of the pool, and people are kind of looking at me like, "Are you all right?" And I'm just trying to like, you know, act cool about it. So I climb up the ladder, kind of limp off the ladder, and I'm just kind of standing there. And everyone's like, "Are you all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna like go to the bathroom. It's whatever." And I start limping around the corner, and then you know how like the chlorine in the pool can like turn a wound white. I remember, I remember. So it was just like white and my body was like thinking, it was kind of like when in in a Looney Tunes cartoon when you run off the cliff and then you realize you're in the air and then you fall. (laughs) So my leg realized it had been sliced open and it was a few seconds after I got out that it just started gushing blood all over my leg and I disappeared around Mm -hmm. the corner and went straight to like the first aid place and there were these two girls in there and they're like, oh, do you need help? I'm like, maybe a little. And then my leg's like bleeding out all over the ground. And I sit up on the table there, and they're they're bandaging it up. I'm like, and it was pretty bad. It was like a gouge right on my it shin. Bad, Yeah, I still you have. Was, a little,
1: yeah, you still have a scar, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know how I would show it on the podcast, but um, it's throw your leg it's very manly. Flexible. It's like Danny Trejo's face. Uh, he, hopefully,
1: he doesn't watch this. He'll, he he will. He'll chop you up with a machete.
0: Yeah, with the machete. <laughs> no, so. I, I have my leg up on the table and the girls are bandaging it up and I'm trying to act tough and I was like, "This is probably, this is probably the worst injury you've ever seen, um, at this job, right?" And the one girl was like nonchalantly bandaging me up and she's like, N- "No, like that's not even close. There's a skate park next door and the guy had his hand on the rail and someone rode by and like cut all his fingers off. That's oh. the worst I've ever seen." And I was like, "Oh, okay. So I'm a wimp?" And she's like, "Yeah, you're a wimp." And. <laughs> And so I, I bandaged it up and I came out and I just kind of sat out in the sun and everyone's like, what's the matter? I'm like, it's precautionary and also was losing a lot of blood. So so that's my Jeez, side yeah. of the story.
1: I, that's pretty, that's, <laughs> that's what I remember. A lot of that, that's what okay. I remember. So
0: where did I, where I, did I go wrong? What did I?
1: I know, you okay, you're being sarcastic about the hundred people. I think even like maybe 15 people's like pushing it if there were like 15 people because yeah. there were like other kids and like parents watching their own kids. There were people there. But like I I think I was in line, uh, or I was either in line or I was like just getting out when you were when you were going. Okay. And I just remember you just like I remember thinking like, dang, he like sucks. Like he <laughs> he can't do a flip. Okay, whatever. And uh, all right. But when you came out, yeah, you played it off pretty well. Thank you. And I I don't know if it was this this situation. Maybe we went there for a different reason. I don't know. But I remember the lifeguards or like the people in the in that little room mm-hmm. were like mad. Is that am I making that up? <laughs> I, I thought they were I, like <laughs> upset that we walked in because we all walked in.
0: Yeah, maybe I think they were, they were, kind were like, of like
1: mad, like, get out, and I'm like, no. Like, I think bleeding. I may remember
0: something about that. I I, I I thought I for a second I thought I made that up because you didn't mention well, it. Well, m- what I mostly remember is them being a little annoyed that yes, I came in with like a group, um, like. All those girls that were so worried about me came with me. No, I'm just kidding. It was like you and like two of my cousins. (laughs) But um, I also remember them being a little annoyed with me thinking that I was like some big deal. Like, oh, this is so (laughs) bad. And they're like, no, it's not. dude. People have been amputees. You made those those comments. Yeah. Yeah, You made those comments. I did. So I kind of walked in You asked for it. Yeah. But anyway, that was that experience. Um, We also had a lot of fun just... Just hanging out, really. I mean, it's uh, it was just a good thing to have, just positive, good, mm-hmm. clean people that weren't trying to get into too much trouble, but wanted to have fun. And so, I feel too like we, much, tr- yeah, too much trouble, not too much trouble, not too much trouble. But I think that was just, it was just it was just great hanging out with you. It was fun. Uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. We had
1: a couple other friends in the in the house as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. My cousin Gabe lived with us, and we yeah. had other people around us, and we just, we made music, and, yeah, uh, had a oh, good time doing that. actually, okay, I'm gonna find the video on this, and it's definitely gonna be part of the episode, but, okay, do you remember when <clears throat> my cousin Jessica had, was it like her birthday, and to surprise her, you, me, and Gabe,
1: yes, I do remember this, the video, I think, <laughs> I think your uh, aunt,
0: uh, I, she's got it for me, she's got it, yeah, I'll, I'll go find it, but, so you, me, and Gabe thought it'd be kind of funny it's to like a practice a song and then get in a box, like the three of us it like was, in a refrigerator it was, box. Uh,
1: celebrate good times. Song.
0: Yeah, the, from the 80s or yeah. whatever. And we all got in this box with me like hunched over. You guys,
1: mind you, it was, it's a refrigerator box. It's one of those massive boxes. So the three of us are fitting in there. I hardly standing. fit in there
0: on my own, okay? But the three of us are in there with an amp and, we ran a, and a bass and a guitar. <laughs> And uh, we ran electricity to the box, and and we were just in the box for, it felt like forever, with the other presents. So she comes out to her birthday, and then, it's time to open presents was like the cue, and then we started playing music from inside the box, and then busted out of the box and started singing to her. It it was incredible.
1: It was was a good time. And at that point, I think I was living with you guys for like
0: two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. So I got to know you really really well yeah. in the box like, yeah, we're like hey Danny I didn't
1: know I didn't know you guys very well
0: yeah well you like Old Spice huh? I could smell that but no we got to know each other just super well after that and it just kind of goes to show how how just kind of chummy we were because we were like hey you want to do this stupid weird little music prank yeah, at my cousin's birthday you're like sure and then Gabe was in on it and it was fun
1: and no, but... nobody knew I played any instruments or anything yeah I think I just pretended like just teach me how to do it. And then, like, you just it. knew and it. And then just, like, learn it super quick.
0: That's funny. But, um, so we had a bunch of experiences together, like that. Just, like, pranks, projects, hanging out. It was and su- summer
1: 2016. Yeah. was a fun time.
0: Just fidget spinners and chain smokers. That's. Chain
1: smokers and, uh, Sean Paul. Sean Paul. <laughs> <Or> Sean <laughs> yeah, that, that right? one, that's the one. Sean Paul and, uh, the Twenty One Pilots on the Suicide Squad. Yes, Twenty One Pilots
0: and Suicide Squad and uh, Harambe.
1: Um, and Harambe. Oh, Donald never Trump's
0: president. It. This could go well. And like it, all of that. Oh, yeah, I, um,
1: that. I was eighteen. I could I could vote. Yeah. I voted for Harambe.
0: Really? Yeah. Legends never die.
1: Legends never die. That's funny. No, yeah. I I know a lot of people would be <laughs> mad about that. Like, oh, you wasted your vote. And like, you know.
0: Oh, you actually voted 20, for Harambe? Tw- yeah, I did. Oh. Okay.
1: 2016, any vote was kind of a wasted vote. So many people voted for uh, Gary Johnson also to waste their vote. Like, you know what? Dude, I Gary wanted... freaking
0: Johnson, dude. Legend. Remember when, because like there was the crisis in Syria was happening at the time. Yeah. And right. he's on TV and they're like, well, if you're elected president, what would you do about Aleppo? Which was the city in Syria that was mm-hmm. like under attack and people were evacuating. And he's like, what? what's Aleppo? And that was like, that's the second moment I realized he would never be president. The first was that he was a libertarian, but <laughs> but the right. second moment I realized he would never be the guy is when he was like, I don't know what's going on. It'd be like if someone's like, What would you do about Kiev, um, and the war against Russia? If you were elected president, uh-huh. you're like we're at war with Russia? What are you talking like about? And it'd be like you'll never be president hey, if you don't know what's going he on. He knows but. as
1: much about Aleppo <laughs> as Harambe.
0: Yeah.
1: So they're sure. kind of like the same level,
0: I guess. So my, um, vote,
1: my vote really wasn't that wasted. Would
0: you say, if if Gary Johnson or Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump were standing right here, would you say to their face, I went with the dead gorilla <laughs> instead of you people? Not, not
1: Hillary Clinton, because then I would be the dead gorilla.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe we Donald will Clinton. definitely cut that out of the show. It was a very specific stamp in time of like things that were popular... And where the country was headed, and we were we were living together, like roomating room yeah. room mating it up at that time. Yeah, that was like
1: a weird transition period for America. Like 2015 was like kind of chill,
0: right. 2016 was like whoa, what's the going turn on? of everything. And then 2017 was like, I don't talk to my neighbors anymore. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah, twenty seventeen. That's what happened.
1: Twenty sixteen also had Killer Clowns. We had Killer Clowns. The Killer Clowns. That was the worst of our worries, kind of. Well, yeah. there were bad things. I don't want to say that was the worst.
0: We had the Killer Clowns. We had uh fidget spinners, Connor McGregor. We were talking about Yeah, that.
1: that was that was fun to watch. Um
0: the, the Cavs and the Warriors seemed to be the only team that could go back to the NBA Finals. It, wasn't it like four years in a row that it was the Cavs and the Warriors? I, yeah, I don't – you're a basketball that. guy. I remember that. It was like right right in that time frame where it was like Cavs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, and it's like, oh, great. It was like the Celtics and Lakers from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. But Yeah, it anyway. was a
1: fun year. I remember – um oh, I remember people were freaking out about Rogue One, too, that year. People were freaking out about yeah. like, oh, my gosh, like, Star Wars is doing right. Like they made a spin off? Yeah, they made
0: a spin-off Star Wars film. It's like you haven't seen anything yet. It's like Rise wait, of Skywalker is just coming.
1: Just wait. Just wait. It's oh gonna
0: knock your socks off. That was but. so
1: dumb. That was so dumb. You know what? I, I have. I have. You should do a free Fomenting on this. I don't think that, for example, Pokemon, anything after the first two hundred fifty Pokemon, sacrilegious. Yeah, those are not real Pokemon. Any fans of Star Wars that are fans that, that think freaking Jakku is a real planet in the Star Wars universe, or
0: uh, what's the, the the gambling planet? Uh, I don't remember. Kanto Bite.
1: Yeah, if you <laughs> acknowledge those planets, you're not a Star Wars fan. And I see that like I see on TikTok and stuff, people are like doing like lightsaber tricks and like they're dressed up as like Ray. Like, come on. Yeah. It's, you're at this point. You're not even. You're not even. You're not even a real Star Wars fan. No I that, hate that
0: that's not in my mind canon. It's it was all crap. But and that's someone who cares a lot about Star Wars. And that's why it was hard for me to see that. Yeah, you go.
1: Your Star Wars right past me. I don't your even head. know if I it's in the it. shop, but it could be. I've got
0: Star Wars toys. And yes, I'm in my late 20s and I have Star Wars toys and that's fine.
1: Hey, you can be in your you late know. 40s and have Star Wars toys. There's a lot
0: of people that do. But anyway, you know, those were fun times and Honestly, I, I as the show progresses, Danny, I'd love to have you back on to react to news and things as they happen. I think, right? We, think get along great, and I don't know if anyone, fun. yeah, it was, it was a good time, and, and I'm, I'm sure I'd love to have you back on to talk about other things, and, yeah, um, everybody, mm-hmm. this is Danny Bolaños, and he has joined me today for some fun, and uh, we'll go ahead and leave it there. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll see you all next time.